0: Irreverent, over-the-top, and smart as a whip. this is The Rob Black Show. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more, show dedicated to getting into retirement. We blend investment themes into the show. I think today's show has had more stock ideas than general, going over a list of apartment REITs as well as in a medical device company that should be considered inside your portfolio, not necessarily inside your portfolio, but should be considered inside your portfolio um only to understand that 20 percent of all dollars in the united states are headed into the healthcare system it tells you there's a trillions of dollars of opportunity of investments there so we're ending the week not necessarily on a high note or a low note but the trend this week has been kind of forgiving we're in earnings season next week is going to be a big week in large part because we're gonna get the federal reserve who they saw that number two weeks ago from the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, and they have to go, oh, that's not going to help us out. And the Producer Price Index isn't going to help them out. Inflation's everywhere. And they need to get ahead of it, and they need to stay ahead of it, but they don't want to get so far ahead of it that they cause a recession. That's what everyone's worried about. Slow the economy, cut inflation. Make the dollar more attractive, cut the cost of imports, sounds a lot nicer than a recession. Today, we have a down NASDAQ giving back some of its five plus percent gains for the week, but not much. It's not traumatic out there. Going over the stories of the day, you have to hit yesterday's stories. Amazon doing the one click checkup with buying one medical. Healthcare is 20% of our economy. If a medical device company wants to sell complicated, heart surgery robots it's going to be an issue but same thing with why not Amazon get into that industry Amazon has a lot of employees who have insurance if they can save money on the insurance side and make a business model out of it it seems like a win-win situation and maybe make healthcare more 21st century the healthcare industry feels exactly like it did when I was 10 years old take your kids in when they're sick get a thermometer under the mouth or now I guess you get a Thermometer in your ear, or is that even out? Are they doing skin thermometers yet? Anyway, uh moving forward, Snap had a really bad day after the market yesterday, and they're continuing that today. They're down 77% for the year. That's a lot. Can Snap stand on their own? They're saying, Oh, we're going to cut down hiring. That's not enough, Snap. Social media is the wrong place to be. No one wants to be there. Mark Zuckerberg left and started the metaverse. He doesn't want to be with Facebook and in front of courts and uh, legal proceedings. He just had to give a six hour deposition. He'd rather be on Lake Tahoe on his electric surfboard height thing. So hey. snap is showing us that it's all awful right now in social media. If I were to own one of them, it'd be Facebook. Um, I don't want snap or Twitter. Or anyone else, if I could have TikTok, I would take TikTok, but I can't have TikTok. I want nothing to do with social media. January six hearings have wrapped up for the summer. The House Committee investigating the attack on the Capitol in January 2021 held its second primetime hearing last night, which was intended to be its final hearing in the summer. The hearing focused on President Trump's inaction in the 187 minutes during which the riot took place. At least 20 million people watched the first evening hearing in June. COVID is two for two against presidents of the United States telling you, yeah, we all die. We all pay our, no, not all of us pay our taxes, but we all die. And anyone can get COVID. One of the last people to get COVID is my son. He got three of us in the family, but not a fourth, or maybe uh, we don't know. But it's it's rare to now to find people who had never been exposed to COVID or who didn't have some sort of positive test. So two presidents of the United States, President Biden, tested positive for COVID-19 yesterday. The 79-year-old commander-in-chief, twice vaccinated, twice boosted, made sure he got on to some Zoom calls to be seeing that he's doing okay. Perception versus reality, right? European Central Bank just took a step. It hasn't taken more than a decade. It hiked interest rates, saying it's banks' time to deliver. ECB President Christine Lagarde announced a rate increase of half percentage point making their currencies a little bit more attractive than our currencies, giving the dollar a little bit of a reprieve yesterday. Moving forward into today and into reality, we are still in earnings season. I think a big part of earnings take place next week when we get Apple and Amazon and Microsoft. Google all reporting numbers. Snap Seagate Capital One. Twitter, Verizon, Boston Beer, Mattel, Cleveland Cliffs, Intuitive Surgical, disappointed either in earnings or in guidance. But we got better than expected numbers out of American Express. I went over American Express's number in the first hour. And part of what I saw there was if we have... Right now, it's almost impossible to say we should have a recession because we've never had a recession with this low unemployment. But then again, we've never... Not had a recession with this high inflation, huh? Which one's going to break the streak? Are you with me against me? I saw some crazy statistic last night. I was watching the Dodgers and Giants, and sure enough, a statistic destroyed the game. The Dodgers are like, could it be nine hundred and like three when they have a five-run lead? They they never lose. And then suddenly they gave up a five-run lead and they're losing six to five. You're like, oh, they're going to lose. This is going to be that freak statistic. It's going to be the freak And then Dodgers won. I wasn't so mad because one of my kids like the Dodgers. One of my kids likes the Giants. Can't be mad at the Dodgers fan because Clayton Kershaw made an incredible Twitter video this week when a little kid came up to Clayton Kershaw at the Major League Baseball All-Star Game and said, my grandpa wanted to meet you. So was on his bucket list? I'm going to meet him for you. Not a dry eye, not a dry eye. I tell you, Clayton Kershaw made a lot of fans by hugging that little kid. That's the magic of Twitter. Here's the problem with Twitter. They don't make money doing that. That's the problem with Twitter. So pushing forward Apple and Microsoft, the big megatack companies, um, I'm looking forward to next week because if you take a look at the disappointments today from Intuitive Surgical, Cleveland Cliffs, Mattel, Boston Beer, Verizon, Twitter, Capital One, Seagate Technology, Snap, you were to add up all their market cap, and it's about $4.1 trillion, but if you were to add Microsoft and Apple together, it's about $4.5 trillion. So tomorrow or next week, with two companies, it's going to be like the same thing of having eight companies report. How did Apple get through the quarter? The only, not the only, but the one thing I do want to mention, Apple's doing quite well in China right now. Um, Demand's high, is the best way of saying that. Moving forward into other stories of note today. Wall Street is keeping financial advisors tied down. Wealth management firms like UBS and Morgan Stanley are luring the best financial advisors with sizable loans, structured as promissory notes. They can be life-changing for high-earning advisors, but loans come with strings attached. You can't leave the company. One of the things you want to do when you're talking with the CFP is find out how long are you going to be with the company? Do you have golden handcuffs? Are you tied to the company? Have taking taken a loan from the company? You want to be able to have a conversation with your financial planner. If you're in retirement, I'm headed towards retirement. I have a financial planner. I have conversations with him. Last week, I had a big conversation. If you want to have a conversation with the CFP, I highly recommend it. I'm always shocked by people who have wealth and then blow it in retirement. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Need a referral to a financial planner. Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. A straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob Black Show. If you're familiar with Kate Bush's Running Up That Hell, it has a great business lesson in it. Kate Bush was a singer in the 70s and 80s operatic voice, very angelic. She was her own boss. She was her own studio. She was her own distributor. So when it made a big hit in a TV show, Stranger Things season four, she made a lot of money. Millions of dollars because she owned all the rights to it. Taylor Swift taught us what it's like to be 14-year-old girl going with a business manager who he owns most of the publishing rights, Scooter Braun. So to get back at him and what she thinks was an unfair deal. Now, again, when she was 14, her mommy and daddy didn't think it was an unfair deal. They signed the contract and they took everything that was great with it to make her a celebrity and a superstar. But when she turns into her 20s, she's like, oh, I made you so much money. Why don't I have all that money? So she re-recorded her studio art albums into her own business model. Kate Bush showed us that some people were able to think of that 20 to 30 years ago. Taylor Swift showed us today that women have some power and control over their careers unlike never, ever before. And I think they're great business lessons of be your own boss. But the downside is there's reasons companies like Sony are out there because they have offices around the world. They've got relationships with radio companies around the world. They can get you distribution concerts around the world. Would Taylor do it all over the same way? Would she be as successful as she did on her own? Nope. Worthy of note. Probably not, is the right way of saying that. So today there's a splash effect. Snap is bringing down meta networks or meta platforms and Alphabet. Seagate is lower today. They reported worse than expected earnings and issued downside guidance. Seagate makes a lot of hard drives. A lot of hard drives are in a lot of electronics. For them to say worse than expected, you probably could expect it to be supply chain and or COVID and or demand. So when you hear the conference call, you can get a lot of insight on where the problems are. I used to use an example of Seagate and, Heart and Western Digital is there was probably six or seven hard drive companies that kind of consolidated down to two and Christmas season, you'd see a big bump in demand as people got you know personal computers and laptop computers. When you see this, these are their commodities. Name the hard drive that's in your computer right now. And unless you're a PC enthusiast, you probably don't know, you know, it's like, Oh, it's a one terabyte, but you don't know the brand. Anyhow, I bring that up because uh, ultimately, when it, things become commodities, even oil and gas, when you see commodity prices go higher, you can sometimes say, okay, it's supply or is it demand? Same thing could be done with Seagate. Is it supply? They can't get it due to COVID. They can't get it due to semiconductor shortages. They can't get it due to uh, shipping costs. Or is it demand? People don't want electronics right now. There's the questions you have to ask. Here's a question that someone asked me. Does crypto investments have a place in your retirement plan? And the answer varies for everybody. It's what it comes down to. Ever since the Great Recession in 2009, investors have had to deal with an incredibly low, historically low interest rate environment. And that created an opportunity in the stock market, low interest rates. Fixed income investors kind of were hosed. So where does crypto fit? If you're close to retirement, should you be more conservative or should be more open-minded? Cryptocurrencies are volatile. If you don't like volatility, you need to stay away. You're investing in decentralized finance protocols with the intention of earning a yield like a fixed income instrument. If you see yields on any crypto investment over 2 to 3%, you're looking at a lot of risk. You were seeing people put money with crypto firms that went out of business because they were promising 13 14% yields, which is way better than you can get at a bank, right? But the problem with that, it was being leveraged. And when you see deleveraging, you see companies go out of business. You see companies collapse. So if you need volatility, you could add 1% to 5% to your portfolio. If you don't need volatility, I don't think you need to have it. I've got enough money to last till the day I die. If I played it intelligently, that'll be enough money to to last my kids till the day they die. I won't look a generation past that. But uh, if my kid wants to be a football coach at a high school or with disabled kids, or if he wants to be like it, whatever he wants to do, I to be want to fund an opportunity for him to do it and not necessarily work for money, but I want him to work, but I just, to keep up with the Joneses, he'll probably be supplemented if he's a good boy. I know you're saying you talk about your kids as if they're dogs. A good boy. Yes, there's a little creepiness to the show every, each and every week. Uh, Mega Cap underperformance today, but Mega Cap has had a big week. So what do you want? One day you're in the blues or four out of five days you're pretty darn happy. Global growth concerns? Uh, Global growth concerns are a theme for the day. Weak overseas manufacturing data. Weaker than expected um, IHS market data. Dow Jones utility average is strong today, so that's showing us that companies like Nextera Energy, there's a flow to safety. Now, Nextera Energy is ticker symbol NEE. Not one we talk a lot about on this com- on the show. Today, we've talked a lot of individual stocks. When you're a utility company, you're going to have some problems like wildfires for sure. But when you're a utility company, you also get like state regulators who are like going to typically side with you. Oh, we've got 200,000 people using our energy, but our costs went up 5%. We need to increase by 3% or 5%. And the state regulators say yes or no kind of thing. There's not a lot of competition. Now, again, there could be some like moves towards solar. There could be some trends that are dominant over time. But in the short term, utilities are kind of a hiding place in a stock market that's a little bit on the frayed side today. There's also other utilities that you could look at, like Dominion Energy, Duke Energy a southern company. These are all companies that have subscribers, i.e. homes that need their electrical and gas services in the United States. It gives you no exposure to Europe when you use a U.S. utility. You have no Ukraine issues. You picking up what I'm putting down? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. I'm pretty excited to see next week's earnings. This week is almost over, and it's been a good week on Wall Street. The earnings have been slightly better than expected. The guidance hasn't been tragic in most cases. There's some ex- there's some examples that are not the case, and we'll get into those. A little bit more on Snap as the show unwinds today. American Express and Verizon. Let me give you Verizon's keynotes from their conference call. Verizon to me feels very much so like a Netflix because it's about how many subscribers they have. Wall Street loves subscribers. If you're you've got a subscription to Verizon and you just say, Well, this is my cell phone bill, but you subscribe to it and you say I'm gonna pay 80 bucks a month or 60 bucks a month. Total revenues were flat. Now, wait, wait. <coughs> Total revenues flat. Now, haven't we seen inflation skyrocket? Okay. So instantly we're going, that's not. Great news. If they're not raising revenue and cost of living and cost of doing business is going higher, this is going to be iffy. So the higher wireless equipment revenues were offset by wireless declines and net impact of last year's mergers and acquisition activity. Okay. Okay. We'll give them a little bit more time. Many believe inflationary environment is impacting consumer behavior. They saw intensified competition for consumer attention, seeing pressure within cost structure, most notably on labor costs, utilities, and logistics. Okay, they expect the inflation pressures internally to accelerate in the back half and have an impact on earnings. Okay, so they're now expecting earnings to get hit in the back half of the year. They just said it. They lowered their earnings expectations. So total broadband net ads were 268,000 fixed wireless momentum accelerated as they added 256,000 subscribers in the quarter, but they warned on future earnings. Okay. Now, generally speaking, the wireless companies have not been great investments. They've been, let's see how many subscribers they can add. Let's see how good of a quarter they had. Verizon's down 6% today. It pays a 5.3% dividend yield. Now, when you hear inflation's at 7 to 8 to 9%, your cost of living up 7 to 8 to 9%. Again, you're able to cut some of those costs for sure. And some of them you can't control. So Verizon, you can lose your principal pretty quickly, and you're like 5.3% sounds pretty good. In the last year, Verizon's gone from $55 a share down to 44 That's pretty much so in line with the markets. But that 5.3% dividend yield, doesn't it look tasty? You have $100 with them, they'll give you $5.37 throughout the year, one-fourth every quarter. AT&T is sitting at a 5.8% dividend yield, but it's an $18 stock. Now, again, you get that 5.8% each and every year, but is it worth it to lose the principal? And the answer is for most people, probably not. AT&T is now a, I'm not going to say a small business, but it's a $130 billion business. Long-term, it looks incredibly cheap with a PE of seven. AT&T has done everything wrong with their acquisitions everything, pick it up, Time Warner, HBO, thinking they're going to be able to fold that into their business model. Ultimately, they had to spit it all out to create any sort of shareholder value. Not the best run company. They've done acquisitions very, very poorly and they've cost shareholders a lot of principal by doing poor quality acquisitions. You know a company I'm looking at? And this is, this is kind of, will tell you where my mind frame is right now. Coca-Cola. Do I like AT&T? And Ver- I, I can make a case for a, a Verizon play during a bad year. AT&T has just done too many bad acquisitions, so I can't make a case for them. When I take a look at Coca-Cola, I'm slightly intrigued. Do you know why? Or do you want to know why? It's up for the year. Not a lot. I think I can go back to early January and say it was a $60 stock. Now it's a $62 stock. I don't have a lot of things like this in my portfolio. It yields a 2.87% dividend yield. So that's not keeping up with inflation. But the stock's also not getting hit like the stock market. Long term, it's very, very expensive. Short term, no, 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 short term, it's very, very expensive. But again, do you want the safety of a Coca-Cola or do you want the principal decline of an AT&T and Verizon, but the nice dividend? Or do you want to say, screw the dividend, you keep the dividend, I'm going to go for growth? It's a conundrum. It's also like um, where you can see an AT&T and a Google will probably grow into a boring growth and income company. Some people would say they're probably already there. And through time, you'll become more of an income. Coca-Cola to me feels like it's more of an income than a growth in income, but maybe income with a little bit of growth. And in a down year, going sideways, it's really, really not the worst thing in the world now, is it? Let's take a look at the market numbers to see how we're doing. We're having a very good week on the big tech growth companies. Dow is up slightly. S&P 500 is down slightly. Nasdaq's down six tenths of a percent. Russell's two thousands down seven tenths of a percent. Oil under 100, not doing much today. Gold's catching a little bit of a bid up almost 1%. That's catching my eyes because gold has really done nothing. Bitcoin's trading up almost four and a half percent, sitting at 23,479. 800 516 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. One of the areas where I'm looking to add to my portfolio, and I think I told you last week that I've started to commit to a direction. I've committed a certain amount of money that I want to invest in the next month, two months, three months. One area that I'm looking at are apartment rates. They're currently trading at 21% discount to the value of their underlying assets. Yes, a recession will wipe out some of the tenants for sure. On Wednesday of this week, the Department of Labor reported that super prices soared. Last Wednesday, the consumer prices soared 9.1%. A big area where inflation is soaring is rents. So real estate investment trusts that invest in apartments aren't the craziest long-term idea. Short-term, no one knows. Cities like San Francisco, New York, LA, Seattle saw the sharpest decline in apartment rents and declines in occupancy. And other areas, like in the Sun Belt of America, the Rust Belt, the Atlantis, the Carolinas, Texas, Phoenix, and Vegas, rents fell slightly while occupancy remained very, very robust. I'm going to tell you a little funny secret that is kind of in my head right now. It's a little Richard Gere thing from an officer and gentleman where Louis Gossett Jr. is yelling at him about being a, a dumb hick who shouldn't be in the Army. And how he should quit. And Richard Gere snaps back. I got no place left to go. I've got no place left to go. Do you kind of feel that way with real estate? Yes. You can see occupancies fall in LA, Seattle, San Francisco, and New York. But they're picking up in Atlanta, the Carolinas, Texas, Phoenix, and Vegas being quite robust. Now, what I'm telling you there is a little bit of a secret. When you look at your apartment rates, you're going to want to read the annual report. It's a document also known as a 10K. It's an annual filing. But the annual report's the pretty version of it where they give it to a graphic designer and say, make this into a 20-page legal document. Put in some nice pictures people holding hands and maybe sitting at the pool of the apartments. Or in Apple's case, the Apple's annual report is gorgeous, by the way. That's almost a collector's item, in my opinion. I, that's one of the things I'm starting to throw away now, finally. Some things that'll never, like, I have an annual report from Apple that it's beautiful, but it needs to go. Otherwise, I'm going to become a hoarder. Okay, so here are some apartment reads to consider Camden Property Trust, Mid America Apartment, Equity Residential, Avalon Bay. Now, Equity Residential and Avalon Bay are heavily by bi- coastal Apartment Income REIT and UDR have exposure to both coastal and sunbelt markets. Essex Property Trust is a West Coast play. Do you have a feeling on where rents are going? Because what I'm getting at is, yes, rents across the country are rising. Some markets are hotter than others. The big city markets are, are struggling. The mid-sized cities are doing quite well with occupancy because like Richard Gere, I got no place left to go. As a father, I sit and I, I think about my children on a regular basis and their future. And one of the things that it dawns on me is like, wow, I was able to escape the house at 18, get into college, live the college lifestyle during the summers. I did not have to live at home. If I got a big vacation like i'd go to europe for three or four months and come back to college or sometimes i'd get an apartment in the college town but i had that ultimate luxury of being able to do what i needed to or wanted to or you know whimmed will my kids have the ability to live in seattle or are they going to be forced to live you know 30 miles east of seattle will my kids have the ability to live in san francisco or will they live 45 50 miles east of san francisco and ultimately you come down to i got no place left to go so if you want a copy of some REITs to think about REITs are real estate investment trusts so you invest in the business model and you usually get a pretty nice dividend along with it of course you're going to want to consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks mentioned the yields are pathetically low but this is a typically a good time to buy when the opportunity knocks when things are tough not when things are glorious find us at robblackshow.com robblackshow.com so let's take a look at a company that's pretty interesting long term company called intuitive surgical it is a company that makes really cool medical devices in the healthcare sector you probably want to look at it as big pharmaceutical you want to look at Investments into a, a subsector would be big pharmaceutical. Then you would get into a sector of, and big pharmaceutical could include Merck-Pfizer, but it could also include companies that make generics. You want to look into the HMOs, the PPOs, the health insurers. That's another sector. Then you get the biotech. Biotech tends not to earn money, but they're going to be acquired by the big pharma. Biotech could be coming up with a cure for COVID or a cure for baldness or a cure for impotence. And as they go through their phases, it becomes pretty expensive. And at the very end, Merck or Pfizer will come in and say, hey, we'll cover the expenses. We'll cover the lab testing. It looks like you might get approval. We can show you how to steer this through the FDA. Now, intuitive surgical is part of the fourth branch of healthcare. And that fourth branch in my mind would be medical devices. As I get older, there's a chance I'm going to need Spinal surgery or a hip replacement or a knee replacement, or my heart's going to blow up and they're going to have to rip my chest open with a chainsaw, (laughs) pull my breastplate out and go to surgery. Or you could use intuitive surgicals gear and send in a little teeny tiny, little teeny tiny robot and the doctor will do the surgery without a chainsaw to your chest and ripping open your breastplate and violently intruding on your body structure. Intuitive Surgical said it was difficult to match some customer orders by the end of the quarter due to delay in semiconductor components. So it's not like doctors don't want their product. They're having a semiconductor shortage. So this is very interesting to me. A semiconductor shortage in the world of Apple could mean that you don't get the, what are they on the iPhone 13 or the iPhone 14 or the iPhone 15? Or it could mean they don't get enough of them in enough hands and we have to suffer with our one-year-old phone or two-year-old phones. Oh, it's dreadful. My screen has got a chip on it. But intuitive surgical hospitals are going to want set equipment when set equipment is available. Hospitals appeared hesitant to spend on new big capital equipment, only 56%. Only 56 trade-in transactions were made in the quarter, down from 125 the year-ago period. So, intuitive surgical has robots that will essentially do surgery with the help of a doctor. And these are like uh, very tiny little robot hands. So, on one hand, you could say, okay, semiconductor shortage is hurting the product availability. On the other, you could say hospitals are a little leery right now because people are going to hold off on getting their, I don't know, calf replacements, calf enhancements or the tookish enhancements or their chest enhancements the very profitable surgeries would be let's put those on hold if there's recession honey you don't really need that 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 chin tuck right now let's do that after i get my job back thus hospitals aren't pulling in that kind of revenue so there's a little bit of the on one hand semiconductor shortage looks like a hell of an opportunity on the other hand you're looking at a recession now recessions don't last forever recessions don't last forever recessions don't last forever typically they last 18 months to three years okay okay but rob this one's different this one we're going to see putin and trump shirtless riding on horses and ringing the apocalypse bell okay maybe so far, a said apocalypse bell has never been ring. Could happen, No doubt about it. Don't know who's going to deliver it, but it could happen. But in the end, looking at an opportunity like an intuitive surgical, I think it looks attractive. I don't own any shares of intuitive surgical. The fourth generation of the Da Vinci Robotic Surgical System launched in 2014. It's known for its laser targeting and voice assistant setup. It has longer and thinner arms. Raymond James pointed to the company's long-term growth potential and reiterated their respective outperform and buy ratings. Hospitals are getting better and better, and Intuitive Surgical makes one of the coolest things hospitals can buy. J.P. Morgan has an overweight rating on the stock. The company saw slower trends, but he remains optimistic that it's fourth-generation DaVinci system, which he calls the first investment class, and other newer models will drive double-digit percentage sales growth over the second half of the year. Double-digit sales growth, an economy that's struggling. That sounds pretty attractive. Now, that's just the analyst. That's not the company saying it. But this is the kind of stock that, as I spend my afternoon sometimes looking for ideas to talk about tomorrow, this is one that I'm interested in. Um, It's got a PE ratio that's come way down, trading at 46 times earnings. That's high. But if they can get sales growth going, would I rather have Intuitive Surgical or would rather I rather have NVIDIA? NVIDIA is seeing a drop in consumer prices. Intuitive Surgical is seeing a delay in spending. But hospitals want this product. Hospitals need this product. Society needs this product. Now, again, at some point in time, here's another thing you have to think about with Intuitive Surgical. Yes, they make this cool Da Vinci robot system. What if someone in China's like, blatantly copying it and he comes out with you know the 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 mao da, Vin- uh, da vinci system and you're like the mao vinci Mal vinci is that really are you really copying the da vinci robotic system with a mao vinci yes or what if someone in sweden's coming up with a better product so there's always that but here's the thing about da- uh, intuitive surgical and da vinci they're on their fourth generation of a medical device that means doctors love it and trust it and will use it again You know what doctors hate being sued you know what hospital hate people dying them getting sued so this is an established company in an industry where we are aging i expect to have a heart attack at some point in my life my father had one so i expect to say on air and i'm rob black (gasps) like i expect i have to legally have my heart attack on air it's in my contract but when i do have my heart attack i'm hoping the hospital has intuitive surgical it's an investment trend. It's a theme. Think about it. It's all the broker advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on the show. I'm Rob Black.